0: We're listening to Nightlight. Hello and welcome to Nightlight. With us on the program, we have actually here in the studio one of the writers of the inspirational articles I often read on the program. As you know, I often have shows where I share different inspiring stories and testimonies that have been written by writers from all around the world, many who write for the activated magazine. We often have musicians as guests on Nightlight who introduce their songs. But this is the first time we've had a writer who's going to introduce some of their stories. So, let me welcome Uday from Bangalore in India.
1: We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. So nice uh, to be here. Mm-hmm. i really wanted to meet you for a long time and I'm so happy to be here.
0: I'll be asking Uday briefly to tell his testimony of how he met the Lord. And then we'll hear a selection of his inspirational stories. Coming up right after this from... Christy Gibson.
2: I'm going there To see my Saviour I'm going there No more to roam I'm only going over Jordan I'm only going over home I am a poor, fair wayfaring stranger Just traveling through this world of woe Yet there's no sickness, no toll, no danger In that bright world to which I go Dark clouds, dark clouds will gather round me story I'm going Of the week.
0: And our interview this week is with Uday Paul from Bangalore, who you also met on a previous program when I interviewed both Uday and Noble, who were here in East Africa on a mission trip. On that show, we mainly heard Noble's testimony, but on this show, maybe Uday, before we get into your stories, you could briefly tell us how you came to know the Lord.
1: Yeah, Simon, actually, I come from a typical. Uh, Indian upper middle class family. And mm. uh, as you know, India is, uh, India is not a Christian country. <laughs> the main religion there is Hinduism. You know, the people of India are very, very spiritual. They they, they worship lots of gods. Mm. And they really have a zeal and passion for God. But unfortunately, uh, like the Bible says, uh, their zeal is not based on righteousness. Mm. And very few actually uh, have a relationship with a true living God, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm and so i come from uh, such a country and even from such a family because my family was a yeah a typical uh hindu family mm-hmm. we were not uh we were not very orthodox not that orthodox but uh pretty much sticking to all the basic tenets of mm. uh, hinduism so the tu- I think the turning point in my life was uh, when i was uh 13 mm. that was really the turning point in my life because <laughs> that's when i found the lord it just happened just like that because uh I myself, have been a bit of a spiritual kind of person. And by the time I was in high school, Mm. I was actually searching a bit. Mm. So I was not entirely happy with Hinduism. I was even looking into Buddhism Mm. and looking into other religions also. So what happened was, uh, like I said, when I was 13, once I was with my parents in a car and somebody gave them some beautiful color posters to read. So my parents just happened to just glance at the posters. And when they saw it was something about Jesus, something Christian. Mm -hmm. So they just kind of... Glanced at it and they didn't bother to read it. Mm. They just gave it to me at the back of the car. <laughs> even I glanced at it. Even though the posters were very colorful, very attractive, even I didn't bother to read it. Mm. So um, I just kept it to the side. And a few minutes later, they stopped the car and they had some they had some work to do. Mm. So they kind of got out of the car and they left me alone in the car for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So you know, so I had I basically I was just alone alone in the car and I had nothing much nothing much to do, Mm. so I just happened to kind of pick up the posters and just Mm. kind of go through them, see what it's all about. It was it was I still I still can see those posters even today. I can (laughs) I can still remember it. It was beautiful. On one side there was a there was a nice picture, good artwork and a nice picture on one side, and on the other side there was a there was a message. There was a message with some big uh, text. And again, a few pictures there too. It was all about uh, having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Mm. and about having eternal life and salvation. And uh, there was also a short prayer, you know, asking uh, Jesus Christ to come into your heart and saying that you would really have a new life if you said said this prayer. Mm. Now, I found this uh, kind of hard to believe because uh, I was brought up with Hinduism and the Hindu Mm -hmm. culture. Mm Where uh, they actually say that salvation is something very difficult to get. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, you really have to do a lot of prayers, a lot of meditation. Yes. In India, we also believe in this concept of reincarnation. Right. That uh, you know we have many lives, mm. and so even before we were born in this life, we had we had many lives in the past. Whatever's going on in our lives now, whether it's good or bad, mm. is a fruit of our actions in the past. It's you know the things we did in our last life is basically what uh, the fruit of basically the fruit in our life is what is because of what you have done in the past. Mm-hmm. So um, there's nothing much you can do about it except you try to be good in this life as good as possible, <laughs> and maybe in your next life you're going to have a much better deal. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. That's that, that's all uh, it is. But there was nothing about this concept of instant salvation like this, and uh, also this concept of salvation being a free gift was something totally, uh, mm. totally not uh, on. But so anyway, so, um, so even though I found that hard to believe, I just thought, hey, uh, I have nothing to lose by just saying this prayer. I mean, I have nothing to lose, you know. Yes. And uh, at least I had the sense to think that even if I say the prayer, nothing bad can happen. Maybe <laughs> either something good can happen or nothing can happen. like <laughs> that. So I kind of said the prayer in a very uh, casual kind of way without even really believing from the heart. Mm. But the amazing thing is, as soon as I said the prayer, after I said it, I really felt a deep feeling of peace mm. in my heart a really deep feeling of peace Wow! and uh, that was something that's this kind of peace i had never experienced in my life because uh, i had prayed to so many of our indian gods Hmm. but uh, i had never experienced this kind of peace before and that really was the turning point but the amazing thing is as soon as i experienced this kind of this peace i really got scared i really thought hey this is real this is real this is too real (laughs) So I almost, uh, it's almost like uh, like Paul on the road to Damascus. I was uh-huh. struck by a blinding light, mm-hmm. and I just just wanted to run away from the light, and that's exactly what I did. I kind of turned away. I kind of turned away from the Lord immediately, and uh, tried to forget the whole thing, believe mm-hmm. that nothing had happened. But the fact is, deep down, I knew I had changed. Something had happened because mm-hmm. I, I was really looking at. From that day onwards, I was looking at the world from a different perspective, and uh, so it was many many years where I really tried to go away from the Lord and try to uh, be the master of my own destiny, <laughs> so to say. But no matter what, as the years went by, I really felt my soul getting more and more hungry, more and more empty. And basically, I was brought up in a family where we had everything. I mean, we had lots of money.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, we, had, we had a car, we had a TV, a VCR and a kind of beautiful house, uh, mm. a house in a very affluent uh, area of town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is, uh, society tells us that these are all the things we need to be happy. But mm. the fact is, even though I had all these things, I was still not happy. Mm. I still felt there was something missing. And so it was many years later that I came back to the Lord again. Again, it was many more years before I actually started witnessing to others. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I actually met, uh, and it was on the miracle that I met the same, uh, the Christians who belonged to the same group that had left the posters in my car all those years back. Really? Yes, that was miraculous. That was like a 15-year gap from when I first got saved and when I met these guys again.
0: How did you know they were the same?
1: Uh, it's because uh, I still remember they gave me some literature to read. Yes. And uh, some of the artwork and uh, in that literature was the same as in those posters which I read in the car uh. all those years back. It took some time for my memory to kind of jog and mm-hmm. get the thing of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the same group. And they actually taught me how to witness to others mm. and tell them about Jesus. Because this was something I really wanted to do. Because even though I knew the Lord, I was reading the Bible, everything. I really did not know how to serve him. Like mm. I wanted to do more for him but how do you do it? Who's going to teach me? So there was this uh, lady who was staying close to my house and she mm. once took me to a hospital and where uh, she used to witness to the patients. She used to uh, visit bed to bed, talk to mm. them, encourage them and pray mm. with them. And uh, hey, when I saw that, man, it's so easy to lead somebody to the Lord. Yes. And uh, I just thought, uh, fantastic, this is what I need. Yes. And uh, I still by <laughs> I the first person I prayed with was an old school friend of mine. We had yeah. been good friends for a long time. And I just asked him, would you like to just say this prayer? Yes. And this guy at that time, he was a communist at that uh. time. <laughs> he was a hardcore communist. And this guy prayed. And uh, he just went home and then he called me. He said, uh, hey, Buddha, you know what? Uh, after I prayed with you, you know, I feel, I feel something different. Wow and I would just like to meet uh, with a uh, up with you again and the people you kind of yes. fellowship with and uh, so he was the first person I went to the Lord and since then I've really uh, had a passion to witness to every person I meet and uh, I always like to keep some something from Jacks in my pocket yes. basically I just like to tell everybody about Jesus wow. that's about it. <laughs>
0: that's terrific. <laughs> That's Dawn Fernandez, daughter of Ozzy Fernandez, who wrote that song, very well known on the Indian subcontinent, Sweet Jesus.
2: With music to calm and soothe your soul, you're listening to Nightlight.
0: Okay, back to you, Uday. And before you introduce some of your stories, maybe you could tell us how you discovered that you had a gift for writing and how you've been using that gift.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question because uh, I thought writing was one of the last things I would do (laughs) in life. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I remember my dad really wanted me to be an engineer. And uh, for some time I thought, yeah, that's what I'm cut out in life to be. But uh, I really believe that we have some hidden gifts in Mm -hmm. us for a long time. I really believe that even the natural gifts which God gives to us, Things which we like naturally. Mm. I mean, I'm not just talking about spiritual gifts. I'm talking about natural gifts. For example, right from when I was a kid, I always had a passion for books mm. and literature. Always mm. had this passion, natural passion. Mm-hmm. And I was not really mechanically oriented, mechanically inclined, but I was more into this literature and mm. uh, language, these kind of things. I think it was about uh, seven years back that I actually got into writing. The first article I wrote, mm. I was inspired by actually watching... Uh, a documentary about an Australian uh, railway mm. on TV, and the more I watched that on on this documentary, I felt there's something there. There's some spiritual energy there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, but I didn't. I was not able to connect the dots, so to speak. You know, like what is the energy mm-hmm. there? You know, what's the spiritual energy? After all, it's just a documentary about a railroad. But when I actually prayed and asked the Lord, uh, the Lord gave me a beautiful energy
2: mm-hmm.
1: about the Christian walk of mm-hmm. you know the ch- Christian walk in this world. So that was the first article. It's called A Pilgrim's Journey. That mm-hmm. was the first article I wrote. And uh, it really has a special place in my heart, <laughs> that this article. And it's all about the Christian walk in this world because we are just passing through this world and heaven is our home. We're just mm-hmm. passing through this world. And it's not, a, it's not an easy journey, mm-hmm. but I think the Lord's presence in us is more than sufficient for us to really uh, not just go through the journey, but actually enjoy the journey. Yes. Not just endure it, but enjoy it. <laughs>
2: Soundbite with nightlight. Nightlight.
0: Nightlight. All right, well, let me read right now the inspirational piece you've been talking about. It's also one of my favorites and it's called A Pilgrim's Journey. My favorite railway in the world is Australia's Indian Pacific. The line runs between Sydney on the east coast to Perth on the west coast, traversing a whole continent and connecting two oceans, the Pacific and the Indian. It spans a distance of 4,352 kilometers or 2,704 miles and crosses three time zones farther than London to Istanbul. For most of the 65-hour journey, the train travels through some of the most rugged and barren landscapes in the world. One section crosses the Nullarbor Plain, which is an arid Treeless plain with a moonlike landscape, the color of cayenne pepper. The word nullabor is derived from the Latin "nullus arbor," meaning "no trees." Nothing but parched, infertile limestone soil surrounds the track, and stretches endlessly into the horizon. For one stretch of 478 kilometers, or 297 miles, there are no bends at all in the line. It is the longest stretch of straight railway track in the world. The train is the only moving object in the desolate landscape. Even though there is only desert outside, the comfort, amenities, and relaxed atmosphere on board make the journey enjoyable. After a seemingly endless journey, The train reaches its final destination, the city of Perth. It feels like arriving in another world altogether. The wealth of the city, beautiful streets, glittering buildings, parks and open spaces, a beautiful river flowing into the sea. It's hard to believe that just a little while before, we only saw dust and scrub all around us. We have arrived at a shining new city, but only after huge vast emptiness what an analogy of the christian's journey as a pilgrim passing through this transitory world the most efficient way he can travel is by walking the path god has ordained for him just as that train travels across the straight track laid out for it aided by god's spirit We can pass through the desert of this world in the peace and comfort he gives. Even when it seems like hell around us, our spirits can experience a foretaste of heaven. A shining new city also awaits us at the end of our journey, a city not built by the hands of men, but by God, the Creator himself. As Revelation chapter 21 describes It is a city unlike any here on earth, prepared for his own dear children who love him and abide in his love. A city in which, unlike the cities of men, goodness dwells and evil shall not enter. A city where we shall leave the heat, dust and scrub of this world behind us. The former troubles are forgotten and shall not be remembered or come to mind. So let us travel the path God has laid out for us, enjoying the journey and knowing that he is with us through it all and will get us to our heavenly destination safe and sound.
3: Train, train, come and take me home There'll be no sorrow, there will be no pain Train, train, Train. come and take me home Train, 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 train. Train. come and take me home Na you, am not sure if i so I pray, train, train, come and take me home Train, 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 please come and take me home There will be no sorrow, there will be no pain be singing (laughs) all night all day long
2: Right here on the sidelines Ping and prayer That you would come and take me home Nange koye, nange nganye Mukusikala wanonganea kuzaru jo Kesaru koko yamutamibu Tango
0: That's Richard Kowessa, one of my favourite locally produced songs there. Also a verse in Luganda, which is one of the main languages of Uganda, where I live.
2: It's always bright when you're listening to Nightlight.
0: And visiting us here in Uganda, actually live in our studio, not talking as I often do over Skype, is Uday Paul. And he's here to introduce some of his stories because he is a wonderful, inspirational writer. Udai, what's the next story that you'd like to introduce?
1: This other article, which I wrote some time back, it's called uh, Living Hope. Yeah, I think the whole Christian message is one of hope, mainly. People people are going through so many trials and tribulations in life that they're really looking for some kind of hope, you know, something like a world of a world which is totally different from this one. Mm. And uh, they're also looking for uh, strength to face this world, the present world where they live in. And uh, I really felt the whole concept of the Christian uh, walk is faith in this kind of unseen world, which is mm. just beyond. Mm. Something which we can't see with our physical eyes, but it's right there. Mm. But the main thing is Jesus actually conquered sin and death. Mm. He conquered death through his resurrection. So when when we say as Christians we have eternal life, mm. I mean, it's not like we're not going to die physically because it's appointed for all of us to die in the physical. But the fact is, for Christians, death is just like a door. It's not the end for us. Mm -hmm. It's just like we're just passing through one door to another door. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus meant by eternal life. Of course, eternal life right now also in the spirit. Mm -hmm. But it's also like tangibly eternal life forever. Mm -hmm. Because for us, death is not the end. And uh, it's just, I would say, it's just a graduation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just passing through from one door to another door. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I focus on in this, this article. You're with
2: Nightlight.
0: Living Hope, written by Udai Paul. I was thinking recently about death, how in spite of all the advances in medical science, death happens eventually to every living creature. I was curious to see what the Bible had to say about this and found some amazing things. Death, it turns out, was not part of God's original plan for his creation. It was the result of man's disobedience to God. God had intended for man to live forever, but he could no longer permit that because of man's fallen sinful nature. Death is the penalty of sin and it's one we all must suffer. Through one man, Adam, sin entered the world and death Through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. The good news, however, is that the sting of death has been overcome. Jesus Christ conquered death through his resurrection. The Bible calls Jesus' resurrection the living hope. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, there is the promise that others will be raised too. This will occur at Jesus' second coming when everyone alive who has accepted Jesus into their hearts will receive new supernatural bodies like Jesus's at his resurrection. And to those believers who have passed on before this event, Jesus promised that death would not be the end, but rather the threshold to a new life in the Spirit. He said, Because I live, you will live also. For believers... Death is like passing from one room into another and closing the door. They are set free from the weight and other limitations of their physical bodies and liberated into the boundless world of the spirit. All around the world, many thousands of people have had what are now commonly termed near-death experiences. These people died, perhaps following an accident or during a medical procedure, but then were revived. Many of them recalled later that during the time when they were clinically dead or very close to death, they entered the world beyond. There, they were overwhelmed with the feeling of being loved by a being of light, which many identified as Jesus or God. And they also saw angels, departed loved ones, and even pets. It was the most wonderful thing they'd ever seen, they said, with a beauty and glory beyond anything they had previously known. One other thing that many of these near-death survivors have in common is that they no longer fear death, for they have experienced, if even only for a moment, the next world. If we trust in Jesus, we too have a living hope of entering this dazzling new dimension when our present lives are over there we will enjoy the splendors of heaven for all eternity without any of the pain or problems we have now and God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away
4: up out of the ground
0: group called Sila and they actually have two or actually three really good songs on the topic of life after death. Nightlight.
2: You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight. Shining God's love light to the world.
0: And with us on Nightlight is Uday from India as I'm sure you can tell by his accent and actually come to think of it this is not the first time we've had a writer on Nightlight, we had Peter Curtis Van Gorder some time back, but usually we have musicians who introduce their songs, and so it's nice for a change to have one of our inspirational writers introduce some of their favorite pieces. What's next, Uday?
1: I just recently wrote an article. This was uh, the last one I wrote for Activated. It's called "The Art of Flight." Mm. You know, I just got this idea when I was uh, in an airport in Delhi about a year back. And I was was just realizing uh, how much air travel has actually changed the world, radically changed the world. Before people used to, when people used to travel from place to place, even from country to country, it used Mm -hmm. to be, it used to take so long. (laughs) People used to travel for months to reach another country. But uh, now we can just fly to any country in just a matter of a few hours. Mm -hmm. And we kind of take it for granted. But uh, it all came about because of the, the vision and determination of just two men, Mm. the Wright brothers. Yes. I was kind of of amazed at how they achieved uh, this task because uh, at that time, even scientific experts had said that uh, man cannot fly. Mm. It's not possible. Man cannot fly because people were trying so many so-called flying machines and trying one thing after another and everything used to just crash. just (laughs) (laughs) Just crash. So finally, people were so fed up. They said, hey, you know, people better stick to their sphere. So human beings are supposed to walk (laughs) <laughs> I'll be on land, you know. You're not supposed to fly, so it's not for man to fly. It's, we are not meant to fly, but it's amazing how these guys—they uh, really had this thing that hey, we can. If birds can fly, mm-hmm. man can fly too. So these guys really observed birds close up mm-hmm. and just were very patient. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had so many failures. Mm-hmm. They they also had so many failures, but they just did not give up. And what is what is amazing is even people, uh, scientific experts who are funded by the government. They could not do it, but these guys, <laughs> yes, these guys just had their own business, a bicycle yeah. business, and yeah. they just used the money from that for all the research and everything. Yeah. And uh, they really achieved the impossible. And the main thing I learned from these guys was perseverance mm. and to just do something, which have the crazy faith. You know, mm-hmm. it's like even when people tell you it can't be done, you can do it. Yes. But then when I when I read the Bible, I saw so many examples mm. of this kind of. Uh, people having crazy faith mm-hmm. I think uh, the one person that immediately comes to mind is uh, Elijah mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean he had the crazy faith to pray for rain when they had mm-hmm. been a drought for three and a half years and and faith and expectant faith he told uh he just go and look towards the sea he told his mm-hmm. servant to go and look towards the sea so I found uh, examples of like this in the Bible and so mm-hmm. I th- thought I could just so that's how I got the idea for this article
2: Feeling tired? Get inspired with Nightlight
0: The Art of Flight Written by Uday Paul I am currently reading a book about the Wright brothers, who are credited with inventing and building the world's first successful airplane and making the first controlled flight. It had always been a dream of mankind to take to the air and fly like birds, and while hot air balloons had been in use for some time, it was universally assumed that mechanical human flight was impossible. Wilbur and Orville Wright, however, paid no attention to the chorus of sceptical voices around them. By closely observing the flight of birds, they gained insight into the secrets of aerodynamics. They built and tested their own flying machines, some of which failed, but with each failure they gained more practical knowledge and experience. Wilbur and Orville persevered and eventually designed and built the Flyer the first airplane in history, ushering in the dawn of a new age of aviation that radically changed the world. I also found people in the Bible who were great examples of faith, determination, and perseverance. The Old Testament prophet Elijah prayed for rain when there had been a severe drought in the land of Israel for three and a half years. He got on his knees and prayed fervently over and over until he saw the answer. When Moses was called by God to deliver his people from slavery in Egypt, he initially tried to back out of it, arguing with God that he was incapable of such a monumental task. In the end, though, he obeyed God and stood up to the greatest and mightiest empire of his day, winning freedom for his people. Another example of perseverance in the face of extreme odds. Was the apostle Paul. He persecuted the followers of Christ until Jesus turned his life around and called him to be his apostle to the non-Jewish world. It took some time for the other believers to recognize God's anointing on him and that he was indeed called to be an apostle and he faced persecution from the religious and civil authorities for the rest of his life. But he stuck to his task until he had evangelized most of the Roman Empire of his day and changed the face of civilization. All these and others were men of faith who had a vision, and the faith, initiative, and courage to see that vision come to pass, and they changed the world.
4: You can't change the stormy weather You can't change the sands of time You can't change the rugged mountain So it's easier to climb But you can change somebody's life Just by giving them your own One by one we'll change the world So come on, sing this song You You can change change yourself It might take a little while You can change your friends Just by giving them a smile You can change the world And we've got so little time To chase away the darkness And fill the world with light You can't stop the rain from falling You can't stop the ocean's tide You can't stop the sun from shining Even if you try You can change yourself But you can stop that empty feeling You can change the world Of being all alone Just put love in someone's life You'll find lovers in your own Yes, you, you can change yourself It might take a little while You can change your friends Just by giving them a smile You can change the world And we've got so little time To chase away the darkness And fill the world with light You can change yourself It might take a little while You can change your friends just by giving them a smile you can change the world and we've got so little time to chase away the darkness and fill the world with light yes we can change the world and we've got so little time to chase away the darkness and fill the world with light
0: and that's Cherry Palladino, who's been contributing his songs to my programs for many, many years. And in my opinion, he's the very best devotional songwriter.
2: Inspiring you to love and serve Jesus more. You're listening to Night Light.
0: Well, Uday, I think we do have time for one more of your inspirations. And maybe you could encourage others to pray and ask the Lord if maybe he's gifted them in some ways with talents that are maybe still buried and which they may not even know that they have. What age were you when you discovered that you had a gift for writing? I
1: think I was about uh, I was close to 40 when I first discovered this gift. Uh (laughs) The thing is, uh, to be honest, I really didn't know that I had the flair of writing. I didn't know that I had a passion for reading. I was a good reader throughout. But when I first wrote that article, Pilgrim's Journey, the first article which I wrote, Believe it or not, it was, uh, even to write the first sentence, <laughs> it was so difficult for me. <laughs> because uh, even though there is some idea in our minds to articulate it into writing, to put it into writing, mm. so it was it was not easy. But then as I took little steps, as I wrote one sentence, then it was more sentences. Mm. And finally, that, sen- that becomes a paragraph. And those paragraphs become an article in the end. Mm. And uh, so I just want to encourage uh, everyone that there is a, tremendous gift for something God has placed in you Mm -hmm. and it's uh, it's a passion which is natural to you it's also Mm -hmm. something which you really enjoy Mm -hmm. because I really believe that God does not want us to be a square peg in a round hole Mm -hmm. because he really wants us he has wired us with some natural gifts Mm -hmm. and with his spirit we can really harness those gifts Mm -hmm. and use it to a full potential Mm -hmm. and uh, if we just take little steps in doing that and God will take two steps for us Mm -hmm. and eventually he will bring that gift out to its fullest potential. That's what I believe. Yeah, for sure. I, I have the faith that the Lord will do it for anyone because he's it, it, done it for me.
0: Well, I think we have time for one more inspiration. Which one are you going to choose?
1: This uh, this other article is called Sticking to Our Tasks. Like when we do something in life, we just have to stick it out. And uh, nothing comes easy because uh, I've seen like even in my life, whatever, whatever we do, there are lots of challenges, lots of challenges and uh, sometimes a lot of adversities to face. Mm. And a lot of times we just feel like quitting. It's important to just stick it out. Just stick it out. Just mm-hmm. just patiently stick it out. And just endure. And uh, lots, lots of times, uh, sometimes we feel life's not fair because sometimes we do all the hard work. And sometimes it looks like somebody else is, uh, you know, entering into our labors. Mm-hmm. But it, it really doesn't matter, I feel, because if we have a vision for something, even if we do not see uh, all the tangible results in our life, but the fact is somebody else can enter into it and the end of the day, God is still going to mm. bring that work to a completion. And that's what I mean by we just have to stick it out, no matter what the obstacles. Or even when we do not see uh, any tangible results, we just know that the results are there. Even though we might not see it, somebody mm-hmm. else will. It's going to be a blessing to everyone in the end.
2: It's always bright when you're listening to Nightlight.
0: Sticking to our tasks. Written by Uday Paul We need patience to accomplish our goals in life. Even when our situation is not ideal, it's important to persevere and make the most of what we have. Most of us experience times when we're frustrated with our jobs or feel so unappreciated that we want to quit. However, before making a rash decision, we should look to God and His Word for guidance. Basing our decisions solely on our emotions or circumstances is not a wise thing to do because these are unstable. If we cannot stick to our tasks through thick and thin, we risk being double-minded and unstable in all that we do. The Bible says that God who has begun a good work in us will perform it to the very end. God always likes to finish what he starts, but in order to accomplish his purposes through us, he needs our cooperation. Many of the great world changers stuck to their tasks and persevered, even though it took a long time for any results to become visible. William Carey, the pioneer missionary to India who began a new wave in world missions, labored faithfully for years learning the local languages and translating the Bible, but with little visible success. He suffered personal tragedy as well, losing a young son to dysentery, while his wife suffered a nervous breakdown. Yet Carey persevered and left behind an invaluable Christian heritage. Sometimes, even though we don't see much fruit from our efforts, our labors can open doors for others to enter later. The Jesuit missionary, Francis Xavier, once worked among the inhabitants of the Maluku Islands in present-day Indonesia. These savages had earned a justified reputation as cannibals and headhunters, but Xavier bravely preached and taught among them for years. However, despite his courageous efforts, Xavier gained only a few converts and eventually had to leave without much to show for his labors. Years later, however, other Jesuits entered through the door that he had opened, and as a result, tens of thousands of the inhabitants of these islands turned to Christianity. May God help us to stick to the tasks that he calls us to do, and may we continue in them until we know for sure that our tasks are complete and it's time to move on to something else.
2: You never said that it would be the easy way But you won't give me more than you know I can take You never said that the world would accept me I'm set apart To be only yours That's where I wanna be
0: Great song there from Haven Sutton, bringing us to the end, pretty much, of this edition of Nightlight. Thanks so much, Udai, for being with us. And I know it often takes quite a long time for an article, once it's written, to actually be published in a magazine. But if you send your articles into Nightlight, well, I can read them on the show and share them with our listeners pretty much right away. Oh, thanks, (laughs) Simon,
1: because I have uh, some articles which are filed up in my computer I was concerned that I was—I put so much hard work mm. for it. But thanks that uh, you're going to use it. It's got, I'm sure it's going to be a blessing. Yes. God <laughs> so,
0: bless you. Thank you so much.
1: God bless you, Simon. Thanks for having me. God bless you. Thanks you so much. Good night from all of us at Nightlight.
0: Yes, good night, or good morning, or good day, depending on where and when you're listening to this international edition of the Nightlight Show. If you look us up on SoundCloud, our URL is Nightlight Shows, one word, and there you'll be able to listen online or download over 150 Nightlight Shows. And you'll also find there a selection of over 100 of the best devotional songs that you've heard on this program. Well, that's it for now. Looking forward to the next time when I'll be back with another edition of Nightlight. God bless you all. Bye-bye.